Star Wars fans and Lurdos, welcome to episode 45 of Blast Points. I'm your, I'm your co-host Gabe with uh, Jason. Uh, the Ewok cartoon has destroyed us. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. We'll never be the same. <laughs> Everything's upside down now. Yeah. Up is down. Down is up. Oh, yeah. So coming up later, it's the, the great Ewoks cartoon challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Where, as you can hear, it's wrecked us. Yeah, we thought it was a joke, but it's no joke. It was a real challenge. Yeah. <laughs> greatest, the greatest challenge of our lives so far. Yeah. It's like Ninja Warrior. <laughs> no one can climb the the wall at the end. That's that's the Ewok cartoon. But before we get to get to all that. Uh, let's go over some news. There was there was a tiny bit of weird episode eight news. Got beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. Hitfix, the the website Hitfix writer Drew McWeeny was on Twitter, and he wrote, "A friend of mine that works in Star Wars world said this in passing about episode eight. Are you a fan of the Dagobah tree dream scene? Good. He said that was his way of describing the film's vibe. It's its own thing and doesn't really feel like a, quote, normal Star Wars film. Wow. Interesting, huh? I think I'm all for not normal. Comparing the t- 
tone of the whole film to the Dagobah tree scene is interesting. There's something not right here. I feel cold. That place is strong with the dark side of the force, a domain of evil it is. And you must go. It kind of ties in with the the old Lucas quotes about this movie, or what, 789 being more philosophical and less action. And also, I think as a contrast to force awakens being kind of a straightforward crowd pleaser to really get into the, the weird and you, I don't know, dreams and hallucinations. And it made me think of two things. If eight is digging more into the weird and mystical sides of the force. Well, that's something that rebels has been doing also. And there were the photos of Filoni on the set of eight and how with those those crazy sets where the forest tree was and the falcon was parked, how there was still that one part of that set that looked like the Jedi Temple on Coruscant from the prequel films. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if while they're there on the Achu planet, if that planet where the first Jedi Temple was, is, whatever, is still so mystical in the Force that literally walking around that planet, if you can walk through the history of the Force. Yeah, they can almost, you can see, well, I mean, you always could in the Force, you could see the future and the past, so why not take that to a, at least visually, a more literal thing where we are seeing the future and the past. Yeah. They did it a little bit with Ray's Ray's, uh, Force Dream, so, man. And I think... After seeing what they're doing with Kanan, too, I like that potential with Luke of something happening with Luke different than what we expect of him just being a martyr like Obi-Wan or kind of what we've come to expect with the Force and with a, uh older Force user. That yeah. if there's a, a kind of a new journey that Luke's going to go on and not just die to motivate the other characters to go on. And even with uh, Snoke saying, bring Kylo Ren to me, it's time to complete his training. What does that entail? Like, what weird business is going on there? What's in there? Only what you take with you. It's still impressive at this point for how far along episode eight is, how well they've kind of kept that movie under wraps. Absolutely. Well, that wow. was a quote, too, that people seem really excited about eight and more willing to keep things under really tight wraps with eight. And I think that's, I guess, in Disney's credit for having the movie every year is having Rogue One coming out really does keep you occupied. Yeah. <laughs> not And not, you know, digging too much into episode eight. Because the Rogue One stuff's right there in front of you to distract you. And, um, yeah, and speaking of Rogue One. uh, Entertainment Weekly just put out some trading card photos. Those are insane. Rogue (laughs) One is not disappointing, at least at the the wackiness level. So one of the cards was uh, an X-Wing pilot. And a lot of people were speculating that this is Evan Verlaine from the Princess Leia comic book. 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. Sure kind of looks like it, and she was a pilot. Yeah, could be. Yeah, she looked tough. Which, who knows if even Rogue One, if they'll ever even say her name, but they could easily just say, yeah, that's who she is. Yeah, she looked cool. And then the other pilot, Mustache Man, who we saw in the behind-the-scenes footage. Yep, General Merrick. Yeah, There's a lot of generals in Rogue One. A lot of generals. It'll be a gen- General Sow Chicken. Uh, you got Moroff looking awesome against a space background. Full body Moroff. Full body Moroff. You got two Mon Calamari's. They like these guys are like white, right? Yeah, they're like. I think they. The description says they're like blue, but they're. I think they're white. <laughs> they're the two we saw in the uh, in the Rogue One trailer mm-hmm. off in the corner. Yeah, they look. They're little speckles. They look. I don't know. They look actually like. Um, I think there's those eggs you can get around Easter. They're like chocolate <laughs> hard candy eggs, and they have the little speckled black and white coating. So they're like Easter Mon Calamari, I think. They have chocolate inside them. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me hungry when I see them. They wear they normally wear gold foil around their heads. Yeah, maybe. That's their, uh, their casual clothes is just gold foil. <laughs> you got an incredible picture of two tubes and beef stick. Man, yeah. If you thought one was handsome when you put them together, they're just they'll knock you out. I, I had to put my sunglasses on when I looked at that picture. <laughs> and then you yeah. got you got um, some some people. The, the card said "Life on Jetta," and they're like these caterpillar people, like wearing Guavian Death Gang masks. Kind of. We saw them in the the sizzle reel video. But we didn't see their like caterpillar blankets they're covered in. Yeah, all those background people look really great. And I hope in the actual movie that we do I mean, I don't expect them to have speaking roles and things, but at least the camera lingers on them long enough to appreciate how cool all those background characters look. Maybe were... they maybe they're playing cards with uh Uncola. <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah, we didn't we haven't seen a front on view of Uncola yet. The Uncola. Ah, no, I was hoping he would be one of the launch figures too. Yeah, like right up there with Constable Zuvio. Like, where's the? I want to in a year from now. I want to be a, see a rack of shelves at Toys R Us that are just Uncola figures that nobody wants. <laughs> <laughs> it was, man, I was at Toys R Us this weekend, and there's still a whole rack of Zuvios yeah. that they can't do anything with. I think they're free at this point, and there's still a full rack of them. <laughs> can't even give them away. No. <laughs> I kind of just want a Zuvio just to, you know, just I to know. have it. I need to get one because they're the they're the six inch black Zuvios too. <laughs> like they're like the the top of the top of the top Zuvio. There should be a Council Zuvio T shirt at this point. Yeah, how is there not? Like on the side of a milk carton. Where are you? Ah, uh, oh, that reminds me. That's actually I wanted to ask you something because after watching now that the Rogue One trailer's been out for a few days, mm-hmm. and uh, going back and watching it, the only thing about it that I kind of don't like, and I'm curious what you think is, I think it has the worst music in any Star Wars trailer ever. Oh, I'll tell you what, I've watched it maybe 45, 50 times, and I can't tell you what the music sounds like at all. <laughs> so that's how memorable the music is in that trailer. It's, it just feels like it's the most generic standard trailer music that has ever been in a Star Wars trailer. Yeah. And some people kind of thought the, the Force Awakens ones were going that route, but at least they would always have a little bit of a theme from one of the previous movies or something. And this yeah. one, did it even have any Star Wars themes in it? 
I don't even remember. That's it. I feel That's like, all I got. I feel like at the end, there's the Star Wars main title, maybe? Jin, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. tell you i don't don't know it's got me even more curious what the actual score of the film is going to sound like i'm just really curious to how it's going to sound yeah. if it's going to sound john williams-esque or if they're going to go in a completely different direction So there was last week. There was a little bit of news about the Han Solo movie. Han Solo. 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 There are a bunch of actresses up for a lead part. You got Tessa Thompson, who was in Selma and Creed. You got Zoe Kravitz. And you got Naomi Scott. And they are all up for the same part, supposedly. And that had a lot of people speculating if that is going to be Sana Staros from the Star Wars comic. Which would be really interesting. And it's it sounds like one of those things, too, that if previous to Rogue One, we would have probably thought, that's a little crazy, they're not going to do that. But now with Force Whitaker playing Saw, the precedent set, there's a good chance... Characters from the comics are going to come over, and they've said the comics are canon, and they're trying to make it all one consistent, cohesive thing. So it seems pretty likely she's going to be the same character. It would sure seem like it, because in that comic, I mean, Han talks about how he is from his past, and he hasn't seen her in a long time. I remember when when her character kind of came out, and she's like, I'm Han Solo's wife. Everyone was kind of like, what? What? People freaked out a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of like, how's that? Maybe this was, you know, all part of the plan. I don't know. Yeah, because actually they would have at least have an early draft of the script for the movie probably before the comics came out. Sure. Right? Because Kazan and his son were working on that before Kazan started on Force Awakens, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good chance that there's some crossover between the the comics and the uh, and the film when it comes out. I'm so happy. There was a little bit of Rebels news. So they released titles for uh, upcoming episodes. So the first one they released is titled Imperial Super Commandos. Which I think people are speculating that's going to be the uh, 
the dark trooper yeah. style mm-hmm. trooper droids. Mm-hmm. And it made me wonder too, if those would somehow be related to the death troopers. Yeah. Cause actually that's one thing I don't know if we've talked about it or if I've seen anyone else speculating is maybe the death troopers are droids. Roger, Roger. That's why they're droids in armor. So you, so people don't know all the, in the, what in the EU. And there was, I think three different styles of the, uh, Dark Troopers and the early ones, I can't remember what the chronology was, but there were some that were more robot and some looked more like regular stormtroopers mm-hmm. that just happened to be black. So, yeah, maybe there's some uh, droids are coming back. If Krennic worked for the Republic back in the Clone Wars days, I don't know, it could still make sense that he would have like droid bodyguards. Why not? Maybe that was uh, he was working on um, droids for the Republic side. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, then you got an episode called Iron Squadron. wonder if that's the, uh, the TIE Fighters come back. Because they kind of were setting up that new, uh, the TIE Fighter general guy, commander guy. Seemed like he was going to be a recurring character. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, one, the one that was kind of like Baron Fell in the Antilles Extraction. Yeah, like I could see him coming back with uh, his squadron of uh, the TIE Interceptors. Oh, yeah, the Tom Skerritt guy, yeah. Gentlemen, this school is about combat. There are no points for second place. Now, this next one, I have no freaking clue. And I don't even know how to pronounce it. The the Win Kathu job? That works for me, yeah. That's about <laughs> it, I get. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine with the Win, the Win Kathu job. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Tell us on Twitter what you think that is. <laughs> Have you ever had a Winkatu job? Yeah. What is it? I had a, a double, triple supreme from Taco Bell, and I kind of had a Winkatu job after that. Ah! So also, we didn't mention this before, and we should have, but it's been out for a while, but the soundtrack for Rebels came out like a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, maybe even a month ago. It's been out a while. I think it kind of just came out without much fanfare that I can remember. There's there's a lot of hot tracks on it. There's a lot of good stuff. But probably the hottest track on it is Zeb Rock. That's like... In the old days, we would have had to wait till like Rebel Season Six, and they had like a box set or something. And the bonus features would be Zeb Rocks, <laughs> just to get us to buy the box set. But we're lucky, and it's on there right now, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You listen to the whole thing, and it just keeps going and going and going, and it's like. Zeb likes to rock. <laughs> so maybe they did so much too. Maybe it'll be back. Like whenever Zeb's like alone somewhere, he's just going to put whip out his, his Zeb rocks tape and jam out. I'm real curious what the name, that the name of the space band playing Zeb rock is. If we're lucky, maybe they'll go to a concert in one of the episodes. Oh, maybe that, maybe that's the Winkathu job. <laughs> maybe. maybe that's the name of the band. Winkathu, man. They they try to go to the concert and they run into uh, Thrawn there because Thrawn's a big fan as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the front row. Yeah. 
he and it's pre- like, oh no. I appreciate the music of this culture. Win Kazu Job is one of the best albums of this <laughs> system. It pleases me. Director Price is there. She's got a Win Kazu Job t shirt on. <laughs> this fall to ABC. It's those lovable creatures from the return of the Jedi, the Ewoks. Follow them through their own thrilling adventures. Let's give it to the big boy. This fall, the Ewoks are coming. A few weeks ago, I had what I thought was a good idea. Where I was like, here's what we'll do, Gabe. We'll we'll see how many episodes of the Ewoks cartoons we each can get through independently. And then when we go to record the episode, we'll laugh and talk about these episodes of the Ewoks cartoon we watched and how many we made it through. And I thought that would be a fun idea. And I thought maybe the episodes would turn out better than I thought they would be in my how I imagine the Ewoks cartoon is. Yeah. And we, we called it the Great Ewok Cartoon Challenge. And it was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Listening audience, I don't know if you've ever watched the Ewok cartoons or you've ever... Like I Before I recorded this, I don't think I'd ever seen a single Ewoks cartoon. I'd watched the Droids cartoon, but I don't think I've ever been so brave to try Ewoks. Yeah, it's like I was aware it existed, but for whatever reason, I never watched it. And it was weird trying to think back, too, because it came out in 1985 mm-hmm. when... Maybe we were just a little too old for it, but I would think if it was on like Saturday morning cartoons, I would have been, why wouldn't I be watching this? But I never watched it. No. Yeah. I mean, I was nine years old. Yeah. I, which you'd think would be, hey, there's a Ewok cartoon. Let's watch it. Yeah. I like Ewoks. I like cartoons. Let's check this out. Yep, yep. But it's like at that time, like, I watched the Ewoks movie. So why wouldn't I watch the cartoon? But I, yeah, I never did. Or I did, and I'm going to have to go to therapy to like relive it because my <laughs> mind just blacked it out. You're going to be 90 years old, screaming. What's wrong? What's I remember. Wrong? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's, he's just, it's just the Ewok cartoon skin. <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll, he'll get over it. So in 84... Uh, Lucas was interested in keeping the saga alive in some form, so we called upon the old Nelvana, who did the really actually amazing uh, holiday special animated bit. He thought they chose the idea of doing cartoons about the droids and the Ewoks because he thought those would best appeal to children, and they had the least potential to cross over into Skywalker stories. So I had to sort of... I had to figure out how I was going to do Wookiees, and I basically cut them in half and called them Ewoks. But it was, it was, um, you know, a lot of that stuff is all, all there. But in the, in the original, it was a ground battle and an air battle all together. So Lucas Crab collaborated on the shows with the writers on story ideas, uh, brought them all out to Skywalker Ranch, and he wanted, according to uh, the news, he wanted the Ewoks culture to be based on those universal to earth mythology and religion. And he had the writers read hero with a thousand faces and the uses of enchantment for research. 
Visually, Lucas had the crew travel to the Mere Woods National Monument near Skywalker Ranch, where they filmed some Endor stuff for Return of the Jedi for reference. And each episode was screened for Lucas. Um, the head writer was Paul Dini, who went on to much acclaim with the Batman animated series. And he talked about how the network uh, was very much wanting the show to be very, very safe. So a lot of the ideas they had for the Ewoks cartoon got canceled. And they had to go with the safest, most generic 80s cartoon kind of route they could. And it's, it is interesting to see, especially now with the success of Rebels and the success of Clone Wars, that this was something that George Lucas was pushing for from since the 80s of really wanting to bring Star Wars into animation and, and having the feeling, which I think is a valid feeling, that Star Wars in a lot of ways works its best in animation because you aren't you don't have the constraints of live action. You right. can get crazier. But this got the wrong kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Starting out, how many episodes did you make it through? I didn't pay 100% attention to every minute of every episode, but I did make it through the whole first season, which is, I think... 13 episodes. Yeah, 13 episodes that I'll never, of time of my life, I'll never get back. (laughs) (laughs) I only made it through five. Five episodes. All right. I think you made it through the enough. (laughs) Because after that, it's all kind of a, like, hallucination blur of of things. (laughs) But I'll say this. It took me... Maybe two or three nights to get through the rampage of the flogs because I kept falling asleep. Yeah, I think I even told you that. Like, I made it through the first two, like paying attention. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch these. This is gonna be good. And then, <laughs> yeah, by rampage of the flogs, I kept falling asleep. My brain was just shutting off. It took me like a while to get through that one. It's almost like if you can make it through rampage of the flogs in one sitting without falling asleep, you could probably do the whole Ewok series. Yeah, you could probably do a lot of stuff. <laughs> you should be like a firefighter or something. Like, you have no fear. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. So let's go Let's go through some of them. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about, let's start with the Cries of the Trees. Episode number one of Ewoks cartoon. Yeah, which could have been also called the cries of the viewers. <laughs> we, we should probably say first off, get out of the way first. Neither of us have anything. We, we're not like people that hate Ewoks or anything. We don't. No, no you can go back and listen to the, the Return of the Jedi episode we did a couple months ago. We like Ewoks. I've always liked Ewoks. And it was weird watching this because I was like, man, now I know how people who ate the Ewoks feel. <laughs> because I always liked the Ewoks. And after this, I was just like, oh. But it's like part of it is these weren't these aren't the Ewoks that we love. No, this is something else. It's something else. They're like, I think they have the worst voice actors I've ever heard in a cartoon. Oh, yeah. Like, was it Wicked's brother or whatever? The like bearded Ewok who's just like, hey, Wicked. Uh, I could. I could never figure out who the Ewok with a beard was. I think they're all related for some reason. They're all like Wicked's family, I think. Other than like Low Gray, even Chief Chirpus is. I don't couldn't tell you how they're all related, but it's it's so it's soap opera esque convolution of who's married to who. I think I don't know. Shakespearean, if you will. Yeah. Yes. 
Shakespeare of the trees. <laughs> So Cries of the Trees, it starts out where you got these fairies going around, which I, I think the fairies were in the first Ewok movie. It could be right. The and they're they're called the the Wisties. And they also kind of remind me of the the fairies in Willow. You are great. So you got this evil creature, Mistress Morog, who keeps showing up in every single episode, and she really she really hates Low Gray, right? Yeah. Kate's them. There's a great thirst in the forest. Almost as great as Morag's thirst for vengeance. And you, Wistie Queen, are my newest servant in my battle with Low Grey and his cursed Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> And she takes the, the the Wisties away and does, like, a spell on them to make them, like, fire fairies. And they go back to the Ewok village and they start to burn down all the trees. Right, because it was a really, it was, a, like, a dry year. Yeah. Don't forget, too, the other thing that this episode starts out with is the forbidden Ewok game of Drop the Sack. <laughs> Which the Ewok kids love to play, but they're not supposed to play, which basically consists of filling a, a leather sack of mud and dropping it on people. <laughs> Listen, kid, you need cheering up. How about a nice relaxing game of drop the sack? <laughs> and it's important because it, it's foreshadowing of something later in the episode. Yeah. Well, and also in that episode, you have a really bizarre part where everyone's favorite Ewok, Tebow, hypnotizes a purple mule. Yeah, and they kind of imply that Tebow has, like, special powers that the other Ewoks don't have. Yeah, he's got, like, crack, like Crocodile Dundee powers. Like, he can put yeah, an animal. He's like the Anakin of, of the Ewoks where you don't know he's the chosen one and he might go bad. <laughs> Koopa Baga, you want to be a good little boar dog and take your bath, don't you? I don't know how you do it, Tebow, but I'm glad you can. The forest is burning down, and Vogray announces to everyone, Hey, I know how to stop this forest burning down. I've got some magic foam. Vogray, have you finished your magic foam? Yes, and there's lots more of it back at my hut. Gwenda, bring the catapult! <laughs> So let's fill up the drop the sack bags with the magic foam. And the magic foam is going to put out the fires. I I think so. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, there's magic foam. Things are putting out fires. They figure out how to unfire the fairies. But yeah. then Wicket has to play drop the sack and put out the fires really far away on his glider, right? Yes. It's kind of an action-packed opener for the series, the Ewok series. And it does set some standards for this for the series. They they like to carry things in sacks and drop them, which yes. happens multiple times. And they love to use their gliders. Yes, and they love to use magic foam things to make things happen. Which leads us to our next episode, the haunted village. Yeah, where things get really crazy. Yeah, because magic foam was like kid stuff. They had to bring out the serious magic. <laughs> 
magic soap. And take it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the, the executives are like, that magic foam is too dirty. We need something cleaner. Okay, magic soap. Yeah, this one, Mistress Morag's, her plot this, this week is to destroy the Ewok's sunberry trees. Yes, by sending out the Mantagru. Once, in the distant past, Morag sent the Mantagru to devour our sunberry trees. Without the tree's special berries, many Ewoks fell sick. Oh, it was a time of misery. And now, once again, Morag sends the beast to plague us. Ah, how I'd like to drive that winged thief away for good. Chief Chirpa, let's give it to the big bully. If the Mantagru is like a dragon that breathes fire and only burns these berries that they like. Yes. So to protect them from the Mantagru, they brush them with magic soap so they become invisible. Yes. Except if you put it on an Ewok, it becomes an Ewok becomes invisible except for its eyes and its mouth. Well, because you can't put soap in your eyes, it would hurt. it would hurt. That's, that's right. you wouldn't be able to see. I didn't think of that. That's true. Yeah. It's not that it didn't wouldn't make your eyes invisible. It's just it's not practical to put soap in your eyes and mouth. I, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you say Lerdo too much, then I think they get the soap in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you've got the horrible the doolags. Yeah, who my son calls the Grinch people. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much if you imagine a clan of Grinch from the How the Grinch Sold Christmas. That's the. Do-lags, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah, the do-lags, right? And they, yeah. there's a scene where they want the soap just because they're real dirty and stinky, and they just want the soap to get clean. But they don't want the magic invisible soap. They want the Ewoks' other magic soap that just makes bugs go away. Yes. Because apparently the Ewoks have a whole bath and body collection of soaps <laughs> and lotions and stuff <laughs> that, that they manufacture in the trees. You mean you had the Ewoks bug-ridding soap in your grasp and you let it slip away? Foolish bead rattler! Please, great King Garnish. I tried, but there were too many of them. Ewoks by the dozens, hundreds. I fought like a hanadak, but they swarmed all over me, pulling me down and tearing the bar from my desperate hands. Now, Haunted Village really begins a trend, I thought, with the Ewoks cartoons. Where there are bizarre subplots in these 22-minute episodes that go absolutely nowhere. And just confuse the viewer and frustrate the viewer. Like the whole part where they're just... When they uh, what the, the do-lags get invisible and they just torment the uh, Ewoks and like break stuff? Yeah. The, the only thing with that part I really liked is there's one part where the king of the do-lags is like yelling at the Ewoks. And he sounds just like Kronos from the band Venom. <laughs> Your souls do the gods rock and roll! <laughs> well, it seems our little tree-loving cousins don't want to share their secret soap with us. I guess we've got no choice but to take it! Oh, black Okay! So that part was all right. <laughs> I was thinking too, it really sucks being an Ewok. It sucks. Endor is a horrible place. And the life of an Ewok is never-ending torment. Yeah, pretty much. Like they seem so carefree in the Return of the Jedi, but 
Man, yeah, that's a rough life. It's horrible. They, no one, no one ever takes the effort to be like, we need to just wipe out Mister Smorak. Well, then there's later on. There's all the there's the giant walking grass monster people. Yeah. There's the well. If we make it, if we can even talk about well the the, the giants well, without falling next. asleep. Uh, if we stop talking mid show, just wait and we'll wake up eventually. <laughs> that brings us to our next episode, <laughs> Rampage of the Flogs. Let's discuss Rampage of the Flogs. The base. What yeah. was the basic plot of Rampage of the Flogs? I believe there's these giant things called flogs, right? Yeah, and they're just giants, and they walk around doing their thing, and they have a giant baby, mm-hmm. and Morag convinces, I think, the Dulags to steal the baby, or yeah. Morag steals the baby and gives it to the Dulag, or they're Dulocks, I think, is what they're called, right? Yeah, the, it would, uh, they hypn- the, they hypnotize the baby whose name is Naki. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they frame the Ewoks. But meanwhile, that they took the baby. But meanwhile, the baby, Naki, is just off with Milani, a, a, a girl Ewok. Well, no. Oh, then he. Wait. Was he. Ca- no, he was captured by the Dulocks. And they kept they were spending all their time feeding him and, and then the king had to change his diaper. Yes. Which is which was rough stuff. Very then he escapes and meets up with the little Ewok girl who ran away. Oh, because Wicket made fun of her liking him. Uh so it was a it was an emotional episode. But I forgot this <laughs> one had the best part though at the beginning where uh the lady Ewoks were on a raft talking about how how cute uh, Tebow is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can think of one boy you wouldn't mind seeing. What? Who? You know, your little honey drop, Tebow. Oh, yeah. Tebow. The, the thought of not being with you. I can't breathe. Yeah, Milani sings a song in one part and everyone goes to sleep. The Ewoks return the baby. Peace is made between the Ewok race and the Flog race. Yeah. And watching that episode, I felt like I was slowly bleeding to death and just the life was leaving my body until I passed out. Stay with me, Mom. Everything. I, I love It was a peaceful death. Yeah. It took a time. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. It was painful. I feel like every single Ewoks cartoon episode I watched, I was like, man, this has got to be almost over. And I would look at how much time is left, and I was like, I've only been watching it for three minutes. Yeah. Because there's like, I don't know if there's no structure to the episodes, or there's no, it just seems like you're watching a bunch of scenes that don't have anything to do with anything and i yeah i couldn't tell you what happens most of the time because it was just i don't know <laughs> so up next is to save deej which i think is wicked's dad right because my notes for this were dad is sick and i want to die that's <laughs> 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 what, what i wrote down <laughs> so i think wicked's dad is sick 
Yeah. And they had to do something to save him. Yeah, Wicket Wicket finds the Lucky Charms leprechaun running around in the forest. Oh, right. That's the yeah. They introduce yeah because the Wicket the Ewoks aren't tiny and and wild enough. There's like <laughs> leprechaun people. No, wait. He's harmless. That's the little guy I saw in the bushes. I'd like to help. So he's the one you were goofing around with when Dad needed you. I wasn't goofing around. I was uh. Just come on, Dad. We'll get you home. They got it. Yeah, and Low Gray explains that to save his dad, there's a psychedelic scene where Low Gray explains to save Wicket's dad, they got to go out and gather a bunch of a bunch of stuff. And Wicket's brother has the the fizzy lifting drink from Willy Wonka, and he's floating around in the sky, burping. Remember that? Yes. Totally pointless. And. Wicca, Wicket and the the Lucky Charms troll. They go. There's dandelion warriors. Yes. The, yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm having flashbacks to that one. Right. They kind of go. They go to the part of Endor where there's not trees. Yeah. Right. And there's dandelion people. Well, and it, it's really really weird because then the troll tells them like they're stuck. They don't know what to do. And the troll's like, if you imagine a giant bird. A giant bird will come. I have special talents, but I'll need your help. Okay, I want you to concentrate on a big winged creature. One large enough to carry all of you. Concentrate now. Draw up the image in your mind, and then hold it firm. Come on, hurry. That's not how the force works. I wrote down bad mushroom trip of an episode. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which really could have been the description for all of them, I think, at that point, <laughs> when you keep going. So, after that one, of course, they save Wicket's dad. Yeah. And then the next one was, what, the one that did you in? Traveling Jindas, my final tra- my, fi- my final Ewoks episode. The Jindas, it was like, okay, the Ewoks are weird enough and goofy enough and painful enough to watch. What characters can they introduce that are worse? <laughs> like the Jindas, who is this like family of circus people, right? Pretty yeah. much. Circus the circus comes to Endor. Yeah. And they always get lost. Oh, but they <laughs> we need to find their backstory, right? Oh no, 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 that's later. The Jindas come back. Ugh. So I'll tell you that one. I'll let you finish the the traveling Jindas and wait till you get to the curse of the Jindas. Um, <laughs> yeah, bon, some guy named Bondo comes through the town on a dinosaur saying the circus is coming true. And then, oh, the Ewok girl, Latara, runs off with the circus because she wants to play her little Ewok flute. Yes. And then, Lo- and then they just make her do laundry. Yeah, she doesn't like it at all. <laughs> and Logre gives the Ewoks magic again to go out and find her. And they like the Jindas are doing a concert for the 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 do the Dulocks, and Dulocks are stupid as usual. And the Ewoks find Otara, and then there's a weird part where the Dulocks are talking about how they love to torture Ewoks. I'm sure you know how we Dulocks love to torture Ewoks. Well, your torture will be the most exquisite of all, babysitting the Dulock brats. <laughs> all right! And yeah, I- well, it's because the king guy, his wife, 
is tired of watching the babies. So they get the Ewok to watch the babies because I think she wants to go on a date or something. Because there's two parts when the Jindas come to give the song where the, the wife, Dulak, is talking about the love songs. If you remember, because there's one part when like all the action happens and she's like, I can't hear the love songs. Oh, a love song. I gave up and I stopped taking notes at a certain point. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. When she's complaining about the love songs, that, that kind of woke me up. <laughs> I was laughing pretty good at that. So what happens beyond episode five? Well, I stopped taking notes after episode six, and I'll see what I can remember. <laughs> episode six was there's a tree of light and magic dust, and I think I wrote WTF because I didn't know what was <laughs> going on in that one. I think there was lightning, and I, uh, there, yeah, that one was weird. But then what's the one? The Curse of the Jindas was the one after that. So the Jindas come back because 20 minutes of them wasn't enough. Uh. But you get the backstory of the Jindas, which is basically they used to live under a mountain. Or next to a mountain okay. where a rock wizard lived. Oh, okay. So there's a giant wizard made of rock. They did something to upset him. So then they had a curse. And basically the curse is if they stay anywhere too long, stones just come out of the ground and fly after them. <laughs> what? So which is why they have to keep moving around and, and be traveling uh, entertainers because they really just want to be farmers, but the curse doesn't let them stop. And then by the end, they basically, the rock wizard shows up, and you realize this necklace that Wicket bought is really the rock wizard's missing tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and they give the tooth back to the rock wizard, and then he's like, I'm sorry, Jindas, the curse is lifted. <laughs> so you're miss- you may have missed out on that one. Yeah. And then the rest of them, it just gets, it's madness. There's another one where that Mering Mering leprechaun guy comes back. Oh, no. They go to their village, and there's a whole village of them, and they can change, they can shapeshift, and there's a chest, and there's a key that opens the chest, and they have to open the chest every year to recharge their powers. There's one called Blue Harvest, where I was like, oh, it's going to have, like, Return of the Jedi stuff in it, but it's just about the harvest. (laughs) Is it blue? I don't think there was anything blue in the episode that I remember. I was only half paying attention at this point. And then the last episode of the first season... Which, according to the internet, is like when that when it started to get good, <laughs> is uh, called Asha. This one, my son came and watched, and he was completely mesmerized and watched the whole episode. Um, but basically, Nisa has a long lost sister, Asha, who's mm-hmm. like raised by wolves or something, and has a weird accent. And the Dulocs are hunting creatures, and they rescue her. Now, the very last episode of Ewoks ever filmed actually has the empire in it, right? Because the second season, they changed things up. It's a different theme song. It's a bunch of the different voice actors who are just differently terrible, mm-hmm. but a lot of voice actors change. Wicket, for some reason, has a green head cloak instead of the brown one. And then they cut down, I think the season, the episodes are half as long because they realized that too many kids were killing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all these kids are drowning during the episodes. But the very last, last episode, yeah, is The Empire Shows Up. You'll have to go back and watch it. It, it was... I don't know if it was good, but it was entertaining. There were Star Destroyers. There's this wacky Imperial scientist. It kind of reminded me of Droid World a little bit. Uh-huh. 
where there's just some kind of nonsense droids. There's a part where the Ewoks disguise themselves as droids on the Star Destroyer. Wow. Which is pretty good. And they tease you with the Emperor. Basically, the Emperor is coming to that Star Destroyer to get this uh, sunstone that they stole from the Ewoks. Mm -hmm. And just as his shuttle's about to land, the Ewoks manage to shoot its wing off, and then the Emperor goes away. Oh, my. And they frame the uh, evil Empire scientist. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. So that one, I guess if you're going to... If you're going to watch an episode, just watch that last episode. Because it at least feels Star Wars E. Well, we survived the UX challenge. And I gave, I think if there is a winner, if you can win at something like this, I think you won it. I think technically you won because you you just said, I got better things to do and stop. <laughs> both won in our own ways or maybe we both lost yeah maybe the <laughs> listener won if yeah. they haven't but if you ever want to get really really drunk and play a drinking game and watch it and every time that you say ichiwawa yeah if you drink you'll probably have alcohol poisoning before halfway through the first season don't blame us yeah ichiwawa ichiwawa Come with us now to the green moon of Endor, where the Ewoks are celebrating because Earth kids love their Ewok family hut. We can help the chocolate Skywalker. Hurry, Ewoks. Let's take the wagon, Princess Mesa. The Ewoks save the day. It's a galaxy of fun. The Ewok family hut comes with everything you see here. A wicked the Ewok toy, new from Kenner. So, so Gabe, we have some uh, we have some listener mail. Hey, great! I I got uh, we got an email from a guy James Culver, and he writes, "I listen to I listen to every episode religiously, and you guys are the best." Quick idea I wanted to put out there: Would you please do an episode about the Star Wars: The Old Republic movies done by Blur Studio? They are some of the most amazing Star Wars cinema out there, despite the fact that they are very short. I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you guys are my peeps. James Culver. Awesome. Um, All right, cool. Gabe, what do you think of those uh, Knights of the Republic movies? It depends on which one. Like, some of them, they're be- they're all beautiful and very well animated and very action-packed. I know a lot of people were talking about the most recent one that came out. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, did you see that one? Yeah. I don't, um, know what, I don't know what the heck's going on in those. Yeah, and the problem I had with the new one is it, it was a beautiful animation, but it was very not Star Wars to me. And it's not because it didn't have X-Wings and TIE Fighters, but it was just stylistically didn't feel as Star Wars, especially even compared to some of the earlier ones they've had. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of disappointed in the new one, but I mean, they're beautiful things. I mean, I would be curious to go and check all of them out. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I'd, I'd say it's, it's definitely a possibility for an upcoming episode. Yeah, I think it would be fun to revisit those. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with a lot of people that they would like to see Lucasfilm have that Blur Studio do something more substantial. Like it would be great to, for them to do, you know, and something longer than a two or three minute kind of trailer teaser thing. We got uh, we got a message on Twitter from a guy named Matt Brown, and Matt writes random question I thought about today. 
Could Han Solo have had the Force all along, such a good pilot, and never acknowledged it? What do you think? That's an interesting point. Yeah, he could have, and he just kind of played it up. It's Han's quote, like, I call it luck. You know, like, well, what's the difference? You know, there's, there's Force and there's, the luck. there's luck. I wouldn't be surprised if you gave Han Solo a midichlorian test. He, he would, a little bit would show up. Yeah, because, I mean, Obi-Wan almost, in a way, confirms it. If Han is really getting by by luck, and Obi-Wan immediately says, in my experience, I, there's no such thing as luck. If Han's really that lucky, yeah, maybe there is some force at play there. A little bit. Just a little bit. And you could technically say, too, even if he's not actively using the force, the force is using him to make to get you know Luke where he needs to go and get the Death Star destroyed and... Han is a means to an end for the Force as much as everyone else is in that story. The Jedi were real. I used to wonder about that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. A magical power holding together good and evil, the dark side and the light. Crazy thing is... It's true. The Force, the Jedi... All of it. It's all true. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for the uh, thanks for writing, and thanks for the the questions on Twitter. The questions on Twitter, we love that stuff. Keep it coming. Yeah. You must contact me. And Gabe, we have a couple of new iTunes reviews. Oh, cool. So we got one here from Jedi Fish, and Jedi Fish says, Love this podcast. I listen to a lot of Star Wars podcasts, and this is by far one of the best. Great subjects and keeps you up to date with all the Star Wars news. Keep up the great work, guys. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Jedi Fish. And then we got one from Rob Wade Vision. And he writes, the guys at Blast Points are some entertaining, hilarious dudes. Their chats about Star Wars are always insightful, and their use of sound effects is great. Anyone who can spin a discussion about Lobot into, into such a length has earned your respect. And those who give this show a go will not regret it. Well, thank you, Rob Wade Vision. Yeah, yeah thank, you. Thank, thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. Go back and check out that Lobot episode. It's pretty. Spectacular. It'll change your life. Blow your mind. Just shave your head and only wear headphones from <laughs> now on. <laughs> and actually that's the best way to listen to it. Yeah. And we confirm that robot in, in the French language version, robot Lobot does speak. Le Lobot. <laughs> Ooh wee oui, wee, oui, Lobot. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise.
So that about wraps up uh, episode 45 here of Blast Points. You should, uh, yeah, you should, if you like this show, you should go on iTunes and leave us a five star review. And uh, if you write something awesome, we'll read it on an upcoming show. Yeah. And if you're a Ewoks cartoon fan, send, tell us your favorite episodes. If you've never seen one before and you watch one, let us know what you think. <laughs> We're sorry. Yeah, if you want to take your own Ewok challenge. Yeah, if you can beat us, if you can make it past episode five, let us know how how you did. Yeah, if you can watch uh, the third episode and not fall asleep. <laughs> the vlogs. <laughs> the vlogs. <laughs> you will be a champion in our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so let us know. You can let us know on Twitter. We're on there, Blast underscore points, uh, Facebook. Uh, you could even let us know on Instagram. We're on there too, and all of those you can find out about um, when shows come out and anything else we have to talk about. It's on there, and I do weekly uh, Rebels reviews over on DoomRocket.com that you can read. Yeah, definitely check those out; they're great. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that about wraps up uh, episode number forty-five. We'll be back next week talking about something. Um, we we survived the Ewok challenge, so I think we're strong enough to survive anything that comes our way. <laughs> We've leveled up. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Okay, Ethan, tell me about the episode of Ewoks you watched. It was great. What happened in it? Um, Nisa, I think her name was, found her sister, Asha, and then they were in the forest when it was winter, and then when they they were in the forest, they found, like, I forgot his name, but the grayish guy with a hammer. There was Asha, and she called Wolf friends to cuddle up with. Or I think it was a gray guy's dog with puppies. And then finally, they were saying that for Asha to come home. Oh, with their her friend, with Nisa, and then they finally convinced her to come home, where Ewoks lived and Wicket helped. What do you think of the Ewoks cartoon? Great. Do you think you would want to watch more episodes? Yeah. Yeah? May the force be with all of you!